fourth message of a message series called Asking for a Friend, where we've taken the questions that you asked in our Easter survey, and we ask uh, the Bible. We go to the Bible for answers. Really, if you go anywhere else, you're just wasting your time. So we go to the Bible. Say, God, what do you have to say about raising godly kids or handling my stress, my anxiety? If you, if you deal with that, let me just encourage you. That message was life-changing. How do, you, how do you handle difficult people? One of the questions I always think is funny that people ask in those surveys is, how do you handle difficult people and how do I deal with people in my life? Usually, I think married people usually ask that question. How do I handle difficult people in my life or, 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 or how do I handle my kids? Come on, everybody. How do I, my kids are difficult. They're like their daddy. How do I handle them? And So we talked about that last week and this week. Uh, I'm going to answer, this is probably my favorite topic to preach about. We'll end this series next week. I think next week's message has the potential to change everything. Um, I'm preaching to you about, this was the the, the last question that you asked about forgiveness. How do I forgive? How do I let go? How do I settle sort of the the past in forgiveness? And I'm going to help you through that next next week and next week's message. But uh, this is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite topics to preach about. Is how do I find my purpose in life? How do I discover what God designed for me to do? It's exciting and honestly it's one of my favorite things to talk about because I know the value of helping you discover your purpose. I think it's so exciting to me to preach about it because I know that there's value in it. I know it'll change your life. I know it has the potential to give you fulfillment like nothing else I can preach to you. If you understand this, if you get the answer to this right, I think it'll solve almost every problem else in your life as it relates to matters of faith. If you'll learn how to live in your purpose and find fulfillment. There, there's some people that I meet sometimes when I, when I preach this way that cringe at the idea of searching for their purpose. And what do you do? And I think the reason why a lot of times is you've tried and you failed. You know, you've tried to do what you felt like God called you to do. Or, you know, you thought you found your purpose and then it failed. I thought I was supposed to start that business and then it closed. I thought I was supposed to, ch- you know, change this job and then it didn't work out. I thought we were supposed to get married. And then, and then right at the last minute, it, you know, he, he walked away or she walked away. And, and then some people doubt you have a purpose at all. You know, I meet some people who just say, listen, God just saved me so I wouldn't go to hell. And, and, and that's it. And I'm just here to, you know, to live and die. And I'm a good person. I'm going to raise good kids. But I don't know if I really have a purpose that God gave me. And I think the reason that people say that is not because they believe it. I think they're frustrated that they've never discovered it. And the reason that most people haven't discovered their purpose is because you can't find your purpose apart from God. God gave you that purpose. And some people sort of spend their whole lives just existing or just, you know, finding. You remember the old song, Looking for Love and all the. Y'all are old. If you know that song, you're old. Looking for Some people look for happiness in all the wrong places. You look for fulfillment in all the wrong places. You, you try to go everywhere else thinking, maybe this is my purpose. But write this down in your notes today. God created you with a purpose and for a purpose. God created you with a purpose and for a purpose. God, the God of the Bible, is an intelligent designer. He doesn't just randomly put things together. Nothing in your life, about your life, 
is random. God knew it. The Bible said He knew you and He has a book with your name on it. He said the days of your life are written in His book before you lived one of them. God knew every day you were going to live. You are not an accident. I know some of you mamas told you you were. Your nearest sibling is 15 years older. Come on somebody. You, you think you're an accident. You're not an accident. God designed you. The Bible said you were in the mind of God before you were in your mother's womb. That God knew you and not just that He knows you, He created you with a purpose and on purpose. That you've got something to do. God put something on the inside of you. I tell you this often, the two greatest days of your life are the day you were born and the day you discover why you were born. Why God designed you like He did. Why, why God put a purpose in you. What, what God wanted you to do with your whole life. And so my job today is to not only to tell you that you, you, if, if you don't get anything else, that you came with a purpose, that God did, you're not an accident. God didn't make a mistake by you. You were born on purpose and with a purpose. But this is really the, the question that you're asking when you say, what's my purpose? Here's the question. is That once you discover your purpose, write this down. Once you discover your purpose, God wants you to give that purpose away. I think some people, you may have decided this is what God wants me to do with my life. This is the calling on my life, the purpose God has for me. But then we hold it to ourselves. We find ourselves and discover who we are, the real you, the gifts that God gave you, the talents that God gave you. But it, they weren't just designed just for you. I'll, I'll go further than that. God didn't just save you for you. Now, He did ultimately save you because He loves you, wants you to spend eternity in heaven with Him. But the, the God did not primarily save you just to keep you out of hell. God primarily saved you so that you could keep others out of hell. So that you could make a difference in this world. Because God has something for you to do and you've got to give that purpose away. And you'll never live a fulfilled life until you decide... This is how God designed me. This is the purpose He put on the inside of me. And I can't hold it to myself. i got to do something about it and give it away. Now here's the challenge of life though. This is the challenge about this. This is where most people get stuck. Is what, what, I, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. Because when we have to find ourselves, write this down. We have to find ourselves, our purpose. Then we have to lose ourselves. You say, that sounds crazy. It sounds backwards. Well, this is God's economy. This is, this is kingdom living. Kingdom living is you have to find yourself, discover how God designed you, the purpose God put in you, and then you have to lose yourselves. We find ourselves by discovering who we are, who we really are, what God put inside of us, but then we lose ourselves and we give it away. Jesus said it like this in Mark, the 8th chapter. He said, whoever wants to save their life or find it, discover your purpose... We'll lose it, give it away. But whoever loses their life, not just for fame or money or houses or white picket fences or retirement accounts, but if you lose your life, if you give your life away for Jesus and for the gospel, you'll find ultimate fulfillment. You'll save it. What good is it for somebody to gain the whole world and to forfeit or lose their soul? The writer is saying, what does it matter if you get money? What does it matter if you gain everything the world has to offer? What does it matter if you climb the corporate ladder only to find out that your ladder was leaning against the wrong building? What does it matter if you give your whole life to 401Ks and retirement and college? Nothing wrong with any of that. I think you ought to do 
all of that. But what do you do when you get to the end of your life and you realize I lived for the wrong things. I gained everything. But I didn't lose my life for what really mattered in this world. For the cause of Christ and the cause of the gospel. I didn't use what He gave me for what God really intended it to be. I didn't do the thing that God called me to do. I think the travesty of our human existence is to get to the end of your life and realize that you had more purpose left to give and more purpose left to fulfill, that you didn't do everything God called you to do. So how do you make sure that, that you do that? Well, the Bible says in order to find it, and then you got to lose it. So I, I, this is sort of a dichotomy in, the, in, in God's economy. Anybody ever been lost before? Anybody, anybody terrible with directions? Let me ask you that. We're all my terrible. I'm ter- Some of y'all are because you, you're late to second service every day. I assume you're just bad with directions. I, I'm, I'm picking a little bit. So I'm, I'm terrible with directions. I, I'm awful at it. Brandy is fantastic at it. I have no sense of direction whatsoever. If you blindfold me, I'm not sure I could get home today. I don't live very far from here. I just, I'm terrible at it. And many years ago, I know we were, we were living in, in the world of Google Maps and iPhones. I love all of that. But a couple of years ago, Brandy and I just got married and we were invited to preach a very important weekend for a friend of mine. In the Beaumont area. Beaumont, if you're not familiar with Texas, is the worst part of Texas. It's just awful. And <laughs> if you're from there, I'm glad you got here. Come on. <laughs> like it, it's, it, but this service this weekend was a really big deal. Like It was a big deal for me to preach that. And, and, and I didn't know how to get there. We were new to the area, never been to that area before. And so back in the day of dinosaurs and, and cavemen and whatnot, I, I printed out directions from MapQuest. Anybody know what I'm, anybody old enough to know what I'm trying to say right there? Like I printed out physical direct. I didn't use Siri because Siri will lie to you. That girl's a liar sometimes. I just, I didn't, I didn't trust it. I printed everything out and, and we got all dressed up. I grew up in a churchy church. So I put on my suit, my smell good. I was, I was ready to go. I was looking good. We're headed to church. We leave in plenty of time. Everything was going well. And, and we get on the interstate and, and we start following the directions on, 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 on the printed piece of paper. And it's, it's getting darker and we can't see. But we take an exit off the interstate and the first thing I notice is we're heading into neighborhoods. I see a whole lot of homes and not a whole lot of churches. You know what I'm trying to say. Like there's no businesses. We're going back and Brandy is the co-pilot. She's the smarter of this bunch. And I'm asking her in the loving, godly, anointed, man of God way that I have, do you think we're going the right way? She says, nope. I don't think we are. So being the godly man, I say, uh, then I'm going to need you to figure it out. Come on, somebody. I cannot drive and do directions. I need a little participation here from you. I said that very anointed. I wasn't upset. I was just passionate about it. And so we began this passionate, anointed discussion that we have sometimes when I can't decide where I'm going. I don't know how to get there. And she is following the directions. And I'm stressing out. And she's stressing out. Any married couples know what I'm talking about. You know where I'm at right there. All right, good. The directions, we follow them to a T. She's like, I don't think this is right. So help me God. We follow the directions and we land. When the directions say, you have arrived. You right. This is where you are. We're staring at an empty lot in a field. So help me God. Nothing there. Long story short, I look over at Brandy. I ask her kindly and anointed, how did you get us here, everybody? And she said, I followed the directions. Listen close. Our directions were wrong. They were from MapQuest, but they were no good. They took us to the wrong place. So Brandy, in her anointed way, says, I told you we were going the wrong way the whole time. 
I told you this is not the right, the right way to go. So I say, well, what do we do now? You're not helping. Man of God's got to preach here in just a moment. I feel like I don't want to cuss right before I preach. And so she says, why don't you use your phone? So we use our phone. We get our phones out. We're in Beaumont. Even cell phones won't go to Beaumont. There is no service. We can't find it. She's tired. I'm tired. We're frustrated. I'm literally hanging out of the window of my car trying to get a signal like the Verizon man asking if Siri can hear me now. And I don't want to preach. I don't want to even want to go to church. You know what I'm trying to say? I've, and we finally, get, we finally get a signal. Long story. We finally get a signal. We finally get the right directions from Siri. We show up to church. We had a great time. Now, every time we go back to that area, we laugh and it's, it's a lot of fun. It wasn't funny in the moment. We almost got a divorce. It wasn't funny at all. Some of you feel like you have followed the wrong set of directions and you're lost. You were given a map. You had this thing you were following. This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to college. And you're supposed to get a degree and then not use that degree and go back to college. <laughs> and get another degree. You know what I'm trying to say? Get another degree. That was the wrong. You're supposed to go get two degrees and then have a job that doesn't do anything with the two degrees that you currently have. You're supposed to, this, you're supposed to buy a house. You're supposed to buy a bigger house. You're supposed to buy a house with a pool. You're supposed to buy a house with a white picket fence and some land and some horses. You're supposed to have two and a half kids. You're supposed to have a little dog. Everything's supposed to go this direction. And you Followed the map only to be staring at an emptiness. That this is not where I'm supposed to be. And you may have followed the world's directions to success, but you haven't found significance. Now what do you do? You feel lost. And if that's you today, let me tell you unequivocally, you're in a church today. You're in the perfect place today to get connected to the source of your purpose. You can reorient today. Let me, let me tell somebody in this room today, listen, even if you took a wrong turn, it doesn't mean God doesn't have a plan for you. God can still get you to where He wants you even if you end up in the wrong location first. God can redirect your life and get you where He's called you. Say amen to that, everybody. You're not lost and hopeless. God can find you right where you are. So what do I do? How do I find myself? I, I want to do that. I want to know if I'm going the right way with my purpose. Let me give you the ways. Write this down. you got to discover your purpose in Christ. Not in what the world says, but in Christ and what He has planned for your life. You have a purpose in life. God created you with a purpose. Ephesians 2 says you are God's handiwork. God is not just some abstract artist. God has a plan for your life. You're His handiwork. You were created in Christ not to just exist, go to college, get a job, get a bigger house, have more kids. You were created to do something with your life. And the Bible said God prepared you to do it long before you got here. God had a plan for you. You are God's masterpiece, one translation says. But sometimes I don't feel like a masterpiece. Sometimes I feel like more of a mess than a masterpiece. Anybody know what I'm trying to say? I feel like my life's a mess. I don't know how I got here. Listen to me again. You are in the perfect place if you feel like a mess and not a masterpiece. Because you have to go back to the designer. you got to go back to the one who created you to begin with. Put the purpose inside of you to do something that God has for you. If you believe that, shout amen to that. I'm preaching better than your amen. So how do I do, thank you. How do I discover my purpose? What do I do next? How do I, I want this. I want, I want what God's, how do I know? How do I know? It's the biggest question I get, honestly. That's why I love preaching about this topic. How do I know that I know? Well, let me give you some parameters. 
that I think will help you discover what your purpose really is in this life. Here's the first question. you got a couple of questions to ask yourself if you feel lost today. Number one, what am I passionate about? What's the thing that makes me come alive? You know, what's the thing that, that get, that's the, passion is the great energizer. Passion sets you apart from everybody else. When you have passion, listen, you don't have to make somebody with passion do anything. You just release them to do what it is that they're passionate about doing. You know what I'm trying to say? You don't have to make, you don't have to rev up your passions. They're already there. 20 years ago, Brandy and I got married and, and we got into ministry and we sort of, for, for, for a couple of years, we were just trying to decide what are we going to do with our life. But I'm telling you, shortly after we began our ministry together, God began to awaken the thing that I'm, I'm most passionate about this and probably anything else in my life. I'm passionate about helping people make a difference with their lives. One of the callings of my ministry, if you've been in this church very long, you know, is to help you discover that you have a purpose in this life. And if you'll get on mission in your life, that you'll live the best life God created you for. That's what God awoken that in. There's something inside of me. I, my life was good, but it wasn't fulfilled. It wasn't until 20 years later. Now, here I am standing in front of this church preaching to you about purpose that I know that I know that I'm doing what God called me to do. This is the thing I'm most passionate about. you gotta, you got to decide in your life. What is God stirring in your passions? What do you love to do? Because ultimately, write this down, passion is linked to your purpose. If you decide this is the thing that really gets me fired up, meeting people, art, music, the thing that God you know, created me, whatever it is, this thing gets me fired up, helping people take next step. Children I'm passionate about. I love kids. I always tell people, if you love babies when they're pooping in their diapers, you're called to kids ministry. Come on, somebody. Nobody, you don't even love your own kids when they're doing that. You know what I'm saying? My, my little boy just turned four a couple of weeks ago. I, I told somebody the other day, I just started liking him. The first couple of years, his mama loved him from the beginning. It took me a while to warm up to the little dude. You know what I'm saying? It ain't fun. But if God called you to that, you're passionate. There's people in this room right now. You are passionate about it. That's that could be the purpose God has for you. You don't just accidentally have that passion. God put that inside of you to connect you to your purpose. Now listen, there's one caveat that I want to give you in this. There's one caveat about your passion being linked to your purpose, and that is this: you can have a lot of passions. And still not discovered your purpose. You can be passionate. I'm passionate about the Spurs. I ain't supposed to play for them. Ain't my purpose. Okay. There's a lot. Anybody ever had something or you knew someone that was super passionate about something. But it clearly wasn't the purpose they were put on this earth to do. My, my, my best example, and forgive that this is kind of a, like a secular example. The best example of this is American Idol. The be Anybody ever watch American Idol? The best part of American Idol are the auditions. It's not the people performing. I, I don't even like that part. I don't listen to that part. I like the auditions because I like to laugh at the people who can't sing. That's, that's the best part of the whole thing. And they get in front of that camera and they get in front of the judges and they got a lot of passion. So, and holding their ear. I don't know why they do this, but whatever. And, but they can't sing. You may have a lot of passion and it's not supposed to be your purpose. You know what I'm trying to say right there. If you can't sing, God didn't call you to. Do not come to me and say, I think God called me to sing. I'm going to have to hurt your feelings and say, honey, you got a lot of passion to sing way up yonder. What am I passionate about? Here's the second way you know. 
your purpose is what are my gifts? What are the things God gave me that are unique to me, that I'm naturally good at? What are the things that I'm naturally good at? That could awaken the purpose that God has for you. So I'm just trying to give you some metrics. If you want to discover your purpose, look at your passions and look at your gifts. You say, well, I'm not gifted. I don't think I have anything to offer. That's not what the Bible says. Romans 12 says it like this, that in Christ... We are many, but we have one body. This is what the, we're the body of Christ. And every member belongs to each other, which, by the way, is why you need a group. It's why you need your people. It's why you need a small group of family that you because you belong to one another. That was free. That wasn't in my notes. But we have different gifts. Listen, everybody's got different gifts according to the grace given to some of us. That's not what it says. According to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, serve. Teaching, teach. Encourage, encouragement. If it's giving, we have a whole team that people that have the gift of giving. They think this is what God's called me to give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. In other words, everybody here has some gift from God. I call it your grace gift. Everybody has a, you have grace given to you to do something. Some of you it's teaching, some of you it's encouraging, some of you it's giving, some of you it's leading, some of you it's in mercy and compassion, whatever it is, you, you are energized by it and listen, you have the capacity to develop it. That's why it says, if you have the gift, the grace gift to lead, do it diligently, develop it. If you have the gift of mercy, do it Cheerful, develop it. It's your responsibility to develop the gift God gave you. It's why this church talks about the growth track so much. It's why I want you next week, if you've never been on the growth track, to get on next week. It's, it's just two classes, the first and second Sunday of every month in second service. You can still come to church in first service. Stick around for growth track in second service. In that class, we have a set of spiritual gift assessments. And it's not for us to tell you what God designed you for. It's for you to go, whoa, I had no idea that God gave me. I'm good at that. I like that. This gets me fired up. Maybe this is what God's called me to do. If you'll give us this two Sundays of your month, I'm telling you, it'll awaken that purpose inside of you. I want you to get on the growth. If you've never done it, get on next week. Just say, man, I need to know the gift that God has for me. That's why we talk so much about you discovering your purpose. But once you do, once you find that, now what do we do? with? Well, if you're going to find yourself, you're going to have to lose yourself. You've got to give your purpose to something bigger than yourself. It's not enough for you to just walk around saying, well, this is what I'm called to do, if you never do anything with what you're called to do. I grew up in church, and, and I remember my pastor one time, I think, this, I think his heart was right, but I, just, I don't know this is good theology. He would point his finger at us and say, if you, don't, if you don't use what God gave you, you'll lose it. I don't even know if, I don't know if that's totally true. I don't know if I believe that or not. I don't know if the Bible supports that or not. I think better theology is this. If you don't use what God gave you, you'll live your life unfulfilled, unsatisfied, never fully realizing the potential that God has inside of you. So how do you lose yourself? How do you give it away? Here's a couple of ways. Write this down. You got to learn how to deny ourselves. Verse 34, Mark 8 says he called the crowd to him. And he said along with his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple has to deny themselves. Take up their cross. Follow me. Let me tell you something. Whether you realize this or not, every person in this room, every person ever born, 
is born with a selfish nature. Everybody here is, we're born that self-seeking. I want something for me. I make choices that are all about me. You don't have to do anything to learn how to be selfish. If you've got kids, you know, you don't, you may have to teach a mama and dada and yes and no, but you don't have to teach kids mine. You know what I'm talking about. You've never taught kids to be selfish, but every one of your kids are selfish. I know, because I got them. Because we're born that way. They're like the seagulls in Nemo. You know what I'm talking about? Mine, 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 mine. Anybody? Seagulls? Okay, good. My, it's mine. It's my everybody, everybody. You're born being selfish. You're, we're born with, I want this for me. I, I, part of your, listen, part of denying yourself is letting go of the preconceived ideas you have about why God gave you what He gave you. It's not for you. You've got to be open to God's ideas in your life. Let me say this. This is probably the hardest thing I'll say to you all day. But you and I, listen close, don't misinterpret. At some point, we're going to have to let go of the American dream and grab a hold of God's dream. Jesus did not die for the American dream. I think you ought to go to college. I think everybody ought to own a home. I think it would be great if you, if you get some land and a ranch and call me. I think it would be great if you get a lake on your ranch and call me. I think it would be great if you get a lake and a boat on your ranch and call me. You, you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I think you, ought to ha- I think you ought to strive for that. But listen very closely to me. Look me in the eyes. 20-year-old, 30-year-old, 50-year-old. Jesus did not die to save you so that you could have bigger houses, bigger land, nicer cars, and a boat. He died so that you could do the thing God designed you to do. At some point, we're going to have to set aside the American dream and say, God, what is your dream for my life? Sometimes they work together. I think that's God's best plan is that He blesses you and you're fulfilled. But sometimes you're going to have to walk away from, uh, it's never, listen, the kingdom of God is countercultural. Culture tells you you got to have more. Jesus says that's not the way. If you want to be the greatest, you're going to be the servant. Jesus said if you want to be first, you're going to have to learn how to be last. The kingdom of God and kingdom living says I don't have to have what everybody else has. I have to do what God designed me to do. I have to do the thing God called me to do. Is that all right? Shout amen to that if that's all right. Yeah. So you got to deny yourselves. Here's the second thing. you got to learn how to give the purpose that you have to something bigger than yourself. Now this is really, I think this is the fulcrum of purpose living. It's not just, honestly, I don't think it's just discovering. I think I can get you there. If you'll give us two weeks on the growth track, I think I can get you to discover. I think I can awaken that thing in you. You go, oh my gosh, this is what God designed. This is how, uh, the, one of the best, stand up Kevin, stand up Kevin, or wave at everybody, Kevin, Kevin's on our, no, stand up, Bob, I want them to be intimidated by you. Kevin's on our security team. Kevin's my personal security. If you want to get close to me, you got to get close to Kevin. Come on, somebody. I'm little. I got the biggest dude in here. I said, you, you're the one. <laughs> you're the guy. He's, he's been, he's been, how long have you been in, in law enforcement, Kevin? Almost 15 years, not by accident. You listen to me. It provides for his family. They have nice things. God's blessed their home. But God did not put him in law enforcement just so he could have nice things for his family. His life experience, the thing he does, when he got to City Hills, he said, hey, I got this thing. Why don't I give it to God and see how he could use this? Why don't I use what God's done in my life and let me give it to something bigger than my life? Do you understand what I'm telling you? I got to give my purpose to something bigger. My purpose is not about me. 
me. It's about others. God doesn't just give you stuff so you can have stuff. God gives you stuff to test your heart to see if you're willing to give it back to Him. Oh, God, that's good. I didn't say that in first service. I'm going to listen to this service on podcast because I like that better than the way I preached it first service. God did not give you the babies you have. You know why we dedicate children here? Because God didn't give you babies so you could post Instagram pictures about all their new clothes. Nothing wrong with that. We do that. God gave you babies to test your heart to say, will you give this baby back to me and raise him to do the thing I called him to do? That's why we dedicate. You know that you're supposed to give your child back to God. Why do you struggle giving your gift back to God? The purpose that you have that God has for you. God, you didn't just do this for me. You you did this so I I have a purpose. I'm going to give to you. My purpose is to lead City Hills Church. My purpose. God led you to this church. Not just to save you, fix your marriage, help you find deliverance. That's All of that's true. But God really led you to this church so that you could give what God designed you to do to something bigger than you. So that we could reach San Antonio, the hill country, Austin, and everywhere else with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shout amen to that. God does it's more than having a big dream. It's more than doing big things. You got to have a big dream and do big things for God's kingdom. You can live your life. Listen close. Y'all calm down. I know it's me. It's me. You can live your life doing big things that don't matter. You can live your life doing big things. That you don't give to a bigger purpose. There's a passage in the New Testament. I'll preach it to you. As a matter of fact, in a couple of weeks in October. Because I'm talking about you making a difference in October. I'm going to do best I can to spur you along. To tell you the kind of difference you're already making. And how much more we could do together. There's a, there's a passage in the Bible that basically, that basically talks about. The, the only thing that matters in your life. Everything on this world is going to get burned up. The, the Bible calls it hay, wood, and stubble. There's things that burn up. But he said there's something that will last in heaven. That's the purpose. God wants you to give your life to something that will last. Something that's the gospel. There's a difference between having a career and being called by God. Write, Write this down. Let me give you the difference. When you are bigger than your purpose, it's a career. Nothing wrong with that. When you're bigger than your purpose, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the corner office. I, 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 I lead a team at work. I, we bought a nicer home. Or th- you know, we, we got a promotion. Things, things moved ahead. When you're bigger than your purpose, that's your career. What I'm trying to get you to is when your purpose is bigger than you, that's your calling. God, you've called me to plant churches all over central Texas. That's bigger than me. God, you've called me to plant campuses, to to plant life-giving churches in communities that don't have a life-giving, spirit-filled church. That's bigger than me. God, you've called us to reach thousands and thousands of people that are broken, hurting, given up on church, disconnected from God in lifeless, dead, cold, dry religion. I know what God's called me to do, but it's bigger than me. I'm in a movie theater preaching today, everybody, but God's called us to more. Because my purpose is bigger than me. It involves you. It involves our dream team. It involves people who aren't here yet. People God's bringing. It involves buildings we don't currently own. Land we don't currently have. It involves, it, it, it involves ministries that currently aren't there. It involves stuff we don't have. It's a purpose bigger than we are right now. That's what we're called to do. I'm not trying to get discovered. 
My purpose isn't to be famous. My purpose is to reach San Antonio, the hill country, Austin, Central Texas, and the nations of the earth with a life-giving message of Jesus. Some people follow a career, and you end up looking at a piece of land thinking, this is not where I'm supposed to go. I want you to have a calling. You say, but I feel successful. I, I, you know, I, I, I finally arrived. I got more than my parents had. We find, and, and, there's, and there's nothing wrong with it. I want you to. We, you know, my, we were raised poor, and, and, and so I want to give my kids better. I want you to. God wants you to. But there's a difference between success and significance. I want you to have success. Success is when you add value to yourself. We, 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 we came up. We, we, you know, God blessed us. I want, I want every, I think it's God's will for every person in this church to, to experience that kind of blessing from God. That you add value to yourself. That you go to school. That you go to, that, that, you, that you, you, you move ahead in your career. That you move ahead in what God's, listen, nothing wrong with that at all. You add value to you. You grow. You, you, get, you get stronger. You, you let God bless you. But I don't want you to get to the end of your life. Listen close. I don't want you to get to the end of your life and only have success. Listen. I don't want you to only have success. I want you to get to the end of your life and have significance. And significance is when you add value to other people. I want you to have success that God gives value. Matter of fact, the Bible says it this way. That he, ble- that, that he daily, I, I think about the benefits of serving God that He blesses me with. That's success. That's adding value to you. But on my deathbed, I want to leave my kids in a good position. I want to give them something. Brother Don, we talk about it all the time. I, w- I want my kids to be set up. I want them to have something. I want them to have some land, have some stuff. Do, I, I, I want them to be better than off than we. But at the end of my life, I want Hazel and Henry To know our lives mattered. That we used everything, we leveraged everything God gave us. Our passions, our gifts. And we gave it all away. And we had significance. I want you to engage in something bigger than yourself. And Here's the crux of the matter. One last statement, write it down, we'll, we'll pray. The question you asked at Easter was, how do I find my purpose? I feel lost. I feel like I, I followed these directions, but it led me here to an empty lot. What am I doing here? When you find your why, when you discover your purpose, you'll find your way. If you feel lost today, it's not because God orchestrated your life to confusion. The Bible said He's not the author of confusion. It's because you haven't discovered why? And the moment you discover this is my purpose in this world. This is why God made me. This is why I've lived what I've lived. Some of you have lived hell and back. God didn't take you through all of that. Listen to me. When you put pain in God's hand, it has a purpose. The, the problem with people that get angry at God, I'm preaching to you right now. I'm in the Holy Spirit right now. The problem with people with pain is they get to the end of their lives and they held on to their pain and they're angry at God because of all their pain. But if you'll put your pain in God's hands, it'll have a purpose. 
I took 10 years of infertility and put it in God's hands. And now I'm, I've done it a hundred times. I just, I know that I know I have, I have the hand of God on my life to pray for people to, to have babies. And I have the hand of God on my life to encourage people in infertility. Because I took the pain of our struggle and I put it in God's hands. And it's the purpose of my, it's one of the purposes of my life. Some of you have lived through hard things. You, you've lived through molestation and abuse and terrible things in your life and heartbreak. And, why is it so hard? I don't, I don't have an answer for the pain, but I know if you'll put the pain in God's hands, it'll have purpose. God will use what you've got. You'll find your why. And then you'll find your way. Bow your heads, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence that's here. I feel the Holy Spirit in this room. Like I haven't all day, honestly, I feel you are close to us in this moment. God, I know the power of the Lord is here to awaken our purpose. God, ultimately, there are people in this room today who feel lost. Some of them may be lost. Feel like I've followed this paper, but it led me to the wrong place. I have success, got a little money. Got a good job, but I go to bed empty, unfulfilled, without significance. I pray in this moment there would be something stir on the inside of us. The Bible says, your word says, to stir up the gift of God in you. I pray that that grace gift in this very moment would be stirred up. There would be something bubbling to the top that they would go, oh, 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 oh. That's the thing. God, God didn't waste my pain. God didn't send me through this for nothing. God didn't give me those passions and those gifts for nothing. I'm designed by God. I'm God's masterpiece. It looks like a mess now, but I'm His masterpiece. You're still praying in the room. No one's looking around. If that's you, if you've ever felt lost, if you feel lost right now, feel like I don't know which way to go. I don't know how to make it. I, don't, I feel like I've just, I follow the directions on the paper, but here I am. I don't think this is the right place. I don't think my life's ended at the right place. I'm, I'm ready to find my way. If that's you, nobody's looking, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. Hands up all over the place. Hands up everywhere. Hands up everywhere. Hands up everywhere. God sees your hand, but He... More importantly, seize your heart. Now, Father, I pray for every hand that was raised. I pray for people who feel lost today, who've, who follow the directions on their paper, but it led them somewhere that doesn't give them significance. It may have provided for them. It may be success, but it's just, it's just a career. It's not a calling of my life. God, we got to have careers. we gotta, got to pay the bills. God, there's things that have to happen in our life, but I don't want to live my life just for that. I want to live it for the calling, the purpose that you designed me for. So in this moment, I pray for an awakening. I pray for every hand that was raised. That God, there'd be a reception. That somehow they would find a signal to the Holy Spirit right now. Some of them, they need to take a next step and go to growth track. Maybe that would awaken that. Some of them know their purpose. That You know where the destination is. You just have to take a step and start moving that way. I pray, take the scales off their eyes. Remove the fog. God, I don't want to chase just the American dream. I want to chase your dream for my life. I want this church to be a mission-focused church. 
God, where you bless them, where, where, where they're, they're successful, but that we would build an army of thousands upon thousands of people who live their lives full of purpose, making a difference, leaving a legacy, people of significance. I thank you for that. I thank you that you're doing it in this moment, that you're awakening that in this moment. In Jesus' name. And everybody shout out.